here we are with another episode of the Life with Andres podcast brought to you by Tailored Life Apparel. Head on over to www.tailoredlifeapparel.co. Enter your information and get all the updates for our upcoming drop here in the next couple of months. Without further ado, let's get into this new one. So continuing this conversation about culture, and like I mentioned in the previous episode, right, this is a little bit more towards entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs, stuff like that, people in leadership positions within companies. But it also gives you kind of a, of an idea, right, of as an employee or if you're a part of one of these, kind of where it sits. And like everything else, right, if we have an understanding of the idea, if we have an understanding of the expectation, then it just makes life a little bit easier for everybody involved. And I, I dedicated that, that first episode to the clan culture or the family culture as it's as it's known in some circles because that's the one that the majority of businesses claim to have and like i mentioned also a lot of those businesses really don't have that why because they bounce back you know they bounce back from one culture to the next culture depending on the situation when everything's good of course everybody give your feedback everybody give your opinion but when things are tight or things are stressful then a lot of opinions and a lot of feedback can cause stress and can honestly cause frustration for the leader. So continuing with that, you know, we'll talk about the last, the other three cultures. I'm not going to say the last because, again, this is this is predicated upon that there's four cultures um, in in a business or within an organization. So the next one I'm going to talk about is the adhocracy culture. And this one comes from essentially creating culture, right? It's creating culture in a way where everybody has an uh, an ability to create to 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 innovate and in this culture it's great because obviously everybody feels like they're a part of it and the way the system and the process is set up is everybody should feel that way everybody should feel that they can bring their ideas and not only their ideas but execute on their ideas and it's kind of like a you know We'll, we'll we'll throw it out there, we'll try it out, and if it works, cool, we'll continue it. But this is across the board. Everybody has the ability and the green light to do so. One of the one of the uh, examples it gave of having this type of culture is Google. You know, and it said, you know, the Google didn't become what it became by having a closed down systematic approach. The company and a lot of tech companies are it's all about innovation. And they hire people to make decisions. Across the board, doesn't matter what level you're in. They hire people to take risks. They they hire people, why? Because they want the next best thing that's outside the box. And they don't limit people to what they can think of. They don't limit people to what they can bring to the table. And again, they don't limit people to what they can actually go out and do and experiment on. So if we know that with this culture, if that's what you're trying to do, if you're trying to be innovative and just create constant growth, then this culture lets you do that why because it's almost like just go everybody has a green light everybody has the ability to just think and do right so the pros with this culture type is innovation it's growth there is no limit the limit is to what people can think of pretty much and that's why they keep going after certain you know certain personality types why because we just we're, we're going and 
It's like, you know, we'll jump and we'll figure it out later type of thing. But we'll figure it out once we get the results of what everybody's experimenting with. Now, some of the bad parts of this culture are the fact that if you bring somebody in that's new, maybe they don't have the experience to work in such an aggressive environment, right? Because it's just go, go, go. If you're not innovating, then you're behind. If you're not bringing something to the table consistently, then you're behind. Another issue that this culture can bring is there is so much going on at one time, right? Everybody, let's just say you have 20 people, 20, 20 employees, and they're all bringing their new innovations to the table. Which one do you do first? Which one do you focus on? How do you keep track of these things? So it's a little bit of a shaky ground when you have this culture. Why? Because there's so much going on at one time that how do you keep control of it? So again, the adhocracy culture, it's about innovation. It's about growth, but it's also kind of about free reign, right? It's about everybody will bring to the table and it's, and it's, I'm going to tell you right now, right? It's, it's cutthroat because it's the next best thing is what's coming. And if you are not a part of that mentality or that way of producing, then you're out. The next culture is the market culture. And the market culture is as cutthroat as it gets. Why? Because the market culture is all about results. And the pros with this, obviously, is that everybody that's a part of the organization is highly driven based off of goals, whether it's personal goals, right, connected to company goals, and the margins are very slim. Because in the market culture, everybody is there to win. One could argue that it is the shark culture. Because at this point, I don't care really about the next person that's sitting next to me if it means between their job and my job. And if the expectation is that I'm supposed to provide results and big results, then I can't let anybody get in my way. I can't let relationships get in my way. I can't let emotions get in my way. There is no I'm looking out for my fellow man to a certain extent. But it's either you or me. And the good thing with that culture, obviously, is that if you hire the right people for that culture, is you will create an environment where everybody's a go-getter. You will create an environment where everybody is on the daily shooting for their goals or the company goals, obviously. The company's performance obviously will grow because everybody is committed to the goal. And it's who can get there faster. The bad side with this culture is that competition can lead to, obviously, a work environment that isn't, let's just put it this way, it's toxic. And it can lead to that environment. Why? Because, again, everybody's in it for themselves. Everybody's a shark. It's it's who can get to the next thing faster. It doesn't matter who you step on. right? And with that, obviously, when it's a performance-based or a results-based culture, there is a high level of stress because I got to produce. And let's just say you have monthly quotas you have to hit. You got to produce. If you don't produce, you're out. And the next person's in. Furthermore, that environment will create stress by itself just knowing that I can't really rely on the person next to me at work. Right? Because they're looking to do way better than me. They're looking to take, if it's about sales, they're looking to take sales from me 
because they have to produce to keep their job. So it's really, again, as cutthroat as it gets. Why? Because a lot of these cultures are based off of the results and the results, it doesn't matter how you got there. It's just creating and getting the result. The last culture is the hierarchy culture. And this one is, in my opinion, the one that the majority of businesses run under, whether they admit to it or not. And the hierarchy culture is pretty self-explanatory, right? There's somebody at the top and it works its way down. And you're only allowed to create decisions or take decisions based off of what you've been told you can do. It's not free reign, right? There is a little bit of the market culture within the hierarchy culture, right? Because a lot of the, again, if I'm the leader and I tell you or my team, right, that we're trying to hit a goal, that's when the market culture kicks in. But the hierarchy culture started it because I'm the one that said, this is what we got to accomplish, right? So hierarchy culture is the government. The government's a perfect example of this. Why? Because there will always be someone up ahead or up up above that is determining what needs to happen and by when it has to happen. The good thing with hierarchy culture, though, is if you have that culture in place and you have that systematic, structured, and process-oriented culture, then it's very black and white. Clarity is at a premium. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Everybody is clear on what they're supposed to be doing. And if there isn't clarity, the communication lines are open and clear to get that clarity. So if we understand, right, in a hierarchy culture that, yes, there is somebody above me, I, you know, that I have to report to, that I can only do so much unless I get the permission to do so. But I also expect the clarity for that. Because if you're not going to give me free reign to think outside the box, then... I need to know what that box is because how do I know if I'm inside the box or outside the box if you haven't given me the clarity? And I think the majority, the reason I say that I think the majority of businesses and corporations operate this way is because, right, there's a CEO, there's a CFO, and there's department leaders, there's department managers. And so, again, it goes all the way down that you have someone to report to, right? Now, the bad thing with this with this culture is that now we're not giving people the ability to make decisions on their own. It's all about the procedures. It's all about the systematic approach. It's all about the structure that's been created, right? You come in, you clock in, you do your work, you clock out. And you stay within that framework. Now, if that framework is clear, right, some people thrive in that. I have a lot of people when we talk about, you know, being an entrepreneur or working a nine to five or a corporate job and all that. I have a lot of friends that do not want to touch being an entrepreneur, right? They're, they're perfectly fine by going to work, right? They have a boss, the boss reads them what they have to do and they do it. And it's, it's, and when the clarity, when it's, when the communication is clear and it's super, super like the clarity is on point, then they know what they have to do. And if they don't do it, obviously, then we got to have a conversation. But as long as I do what I was told to do, I have zero things to worry about. Right? And if I have zero things to obviously, what does that bring? That brings security. Right? That brings stability. That as long as I did my checklist that my boss told me to do, I have a job.
Obviously, if I do it at a, at, at, at a high rate, right, at a great level. But one of the cons for this is, again, too much of that rigidity, people, that's when people feel burnt out, right? That's when people get bored at their jobs. Why? Because it's the same thing, right? They really have no ability to create anything for themselves, right? It has to be specifically what the boss said. And only that. So the hierarchy culture works for a lot of people. And again, these cultures, there's nothing wrong with either culture of the four that I've spoken about. The problem I see as a business coach for some of my business clients is that there's no clarity on which one it is that they want to be. So, for instance, you have the hierarchy culture where you have the leader that wants to make the decisions. And then... In stressful times, there's an argument that could be made as to like why people didn't do more or why people didn't, you know, take ownership. And the employee in a hierarchy culture can just be sitting there saying, well, first off, I didn't think I had that ability. I didn't think it was okay for me to do that. Right. And if we go up to the market culture, obviously, this is a you produce, you win. And if you produce, you have a job. So understanding, just being clear on what it is that you want to accomplish, where on one of these do you stand? That's that's the first thing. And like I said, for my business clients, it always comes down when we have those initial conversations of when they hire me to be a, their coach. This is one of the first ones we talk about. We talk about where are you at right now? And ideally, what type of culture would you like? And obviously, we have this discussion, right? And you And you got to choose. Right, because everything is gonna get planned accordingly to what you want it to be. But if you don't know what it is that you want it to be, how do you expect your 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 team to know? And more importantly, how do you expect that kind of back and forth communication to occur when there is no clarity on what that framework even is? So the process again, yes, it is a process, and this is again a difficult thing for business owners to understand is that you can't do it overnight. First off, you, you probably can't even decide what type of culture you want overnight, let alone set the system in the, and put the system in place to be able to communicate it, for one, and two, obviously help people execute within that culture. you got to decide. And yes, you can interchange them, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but the communication's got to be there. So what culture does your business have or what culture do you want your business to have? That's the big question. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.